הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עשרה הקדוש משה בארץ המה. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למנחה נווה מכוחמה. רבנו נחמן פייגי בן שמחה נענח נחמן נחמן אומן זוכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So today we start a new סעיף אין שיחות הרן, which begins to hop into another subject. Um, other teachings that Rabbeinu taught, other stories related to those teachings, has nothing to do with Sipur Masyot anymore. But um, I have to address the fact that I've, uh, um, for a few days I didn't upload any other classes. Um, of course it was the Chag, Simchat Torah, and then of course we heard on Simchat Torah the tragic news of uh, all the, the Jews that were killed and murdered brutally by these uh, terrorists. And... Um, Yeah, did, it was very difficult to record. It was very difficult to have the issue about that, the peace of mind to, to study and to, to do whatever necessary to, to put out the class. So um, we're back, but of course with the deep intention and Bezrat um, Hashem, the intention, the Kavanah should be that we're studying the Elul Nishmat for the elevation of the souls of all those Chayadim or all those Nishamot uh, that passed away. Um, for the sake of heaven and for the sake of uh, for the sake of sanctifying God's name of course for the all those who need within Am Yisrael and Bezrat Hashem that Hashem shall return all those um, who are hostage all those uh, Jews who are hostage uh, under the hands of these Rishayim safely back to uh, to Eretz Yisrael safely back to the uh, and uh, we should hear good news. Um, of course, all the classes coming up, coming up will have this Kavanah in mind. Who we can always rely on the merit of Rabenu. For Rabenu, he, uh, he traversed a lot so that uh, he can sit right next to Akadosh Baruch Hu, right next to the Sar himself, as his brother Sikhotaran. Rabenu says, if I don't like the deen, I can go right next to the king and di- directly converse with the king himself. We've never heard of such things by any tzaddik before. So, Baruch Hashem, Rabbeinu is sitting right next to Hashem Itbach, and he's the one who's uh, fighting on our behalf. Of course, tonight is the Hidullah of our, today's the Hidullah of Rabbi Levi Tzachak of Berdichev also, the Sanegor Shed Yisrael, the defender of the Jewish people. So today's a special day to increase in tefillah, Torah, Hidbodedut, Teilim, whatever we can do to bring the chut to our side so that Bezat Hashem, the, the Mashiach should be brought with Rachamim, with Chesed, And not through Deen Echad V'Shalom. Let's hop right into the Seif. Kuf Nun Bet. Conversation 152. Shamati Bishmo Shamar. I heard in Rabbeinu's name that he said, Lechad Shemisha Yabal. Lechad. That he told someone else, sorry. That Rabbeinu was once conversing with one of his students and he told him, Shemisha Yabal Machloket Begigul Ha'avar. One who was contentious or one who was causing strife in a past uh, life. In a past incarnation, when he reincarnates, when he's reincarnated, he'll become left-handed. And we can find a hint to this. What is brought down in the Holy Zohar in Bereshit chapter, in Bereshit, uh, page 17a, also in Sefer uh, Vayikra, uh, also in Bereshit, in Zohar Vayikra, Kuf Ayin Vav Amud Aleph, As it brought over there. What did it say over there in Zohar? Al-Korah Shehu Ba-Machoket. It says about Korah, who was a, 
Of course, we know Korach was contentious. He was the one who convinced thousands of people to go against Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the one who caused strife. It says, Machloket Korach Ba'adato. It says the strife of Korach and his congregation. So the, the best of a Hasidim, I forget who, but a very big tzaddik said, what does it mean, Korach Ba'adato, Korach and his Ada, his uh, congregation? Why didn't it say Korach and Moshe? The Machloket between Korach and Moshe. It doesn't make sense to say the strife between Korach and his congregation when they're the ones that are agreeing. So it says over there that how do we know that the Machloket was not Lashem Shemaim? How do we know the Machloket was not for the sake of heaven? It's by the fact that it didn't mention Moshe and Korach. It just mentions Korach and his side that everything was for them, for their kavod. So we see here that Korach was a bad Machloket. Korach was, a, uh, was contentious. He was causing strife purposefully. It says in the Zohar Kadosh, he wanted to transpose or he wanted to exchange the right into the left. He wanted to include it and he wanted to mix them up. Essentially, the right represents chesed, represents kindness, represents the Kohen. And the left represents Levi. We know Korach was a Levi, but he wanted to become Kohen. He wanted to take the priesthood. We see that he was uh, encompassing the right within the left. He was trying to take something that didn't belong to him. And because of this, on Shokshin is Gagena Asai his punishment when he is reincarnated is that he turns into a left-handed. That what it says in the Zohar about Korach, that uh, the right transposes into the left. Um, that uh, th- that's what we see over, this, over there in the Zohar that Korach was trying to exchange these two, trying to mix them up together. And we see in the book of the Alabet, Rabbeinu's book Sefer Midot, the book of traits. Or Aleph, if you look at uh, the uh, letter Aleph. What is written over there in the section Emet, truth, wrote in a different way. He didn't say that one who was contentious um, in a previous life will be reincarnated as left as left hand uh, left handed. He said, and one who is a liar in the past life will uh, become left handed in the next uh, in um, when he's reincarnated. That's what Rabbanu writes over there in a different sort of language. I also heard from Rabbi Shmuel of Teplik, one of Rabbeinu's attendants, at the time when he was traveling with Rabbeinu to Navrich, that Rabbeinu was once telling Rabbi Shmuel of Teplik, how did I sleep? Sorry, how did I sleep? And how did you sleep? Rabbeinu responds, before Rabbi Shmuel responds, he says, I slept with the subject of left-handedness. What does that mean? Klomar, meaning to say, that at the time when Rabbeinu was asleep, Rabbeinu was engaging within the secrets of left-handedness. And Rabbeinu mentioned over there, with regard to Shevet Binyamin, um, about the tribe of Binyamin, that it says about them, that it says about the tribe of Binyamin, that within the tribe of Binyamin, there were 700 left-handed men. As it says over there in Shoftim, in the book of Judges, chapter 20, verse uh, 16. Rabbeinu also, in lesson 66, if I'm not mistaken, discusses the idea of left-handedness and explains a person who has struggle, who struggles uh, bringing something from the potential to the actual um, is also connected to left-handedness. Um, the left-handed people might have a bigger struggle bringing from potential to actual. Nonetheless, uh, we see here a very deep uh, conversation Rabbeinu teaches us about the secret of Korach and how this has to do with left-handedness, uh, mixing the right and the left, uh, falsehood, 
contention, etc. Seif Kuf Nun Gimel, lesson 153. This is actually one of the most famous stories. Um, wouldn't say famous, but one of the most incredible stories. The most powerful stories we can hear about Rabenu, uh, close to, uh, close to his passing, a couple months away before he passed away. A beautiful story about the idea of chizuk and reinforcing oneself. About a very special lesson, Likutim Oran, lesson 78 of the second volume. A lesson which discusses simplicity. And why the tzaddik sometimes acts in simplicity and, and he looks like a simple man or he does ordinary things when he's something super awesome and um, beyond our understanding. Why is it that tzaddik acts sometimes in such a simple and ordinary fashion? And aside from that... Uh, this lesson was a very special lesson in the way it went down, of course. So Rabbi Nathan is going to describe this. And we're going to split this up into three parts. In the second volume of Likut Moran, lesson 78, with regard to what is mentioned over there, Rabbi teaches us the secrets of why the tzaddik, in, he acts in simplicity sometimes. Because sometimes we call the tzaddik, the tzaddik sometimes is like an a total, simple, and ordinary man. We call him an ordinary person. In Yiddish, it's called a prastak. Um, look over there. There's so much to speak about this with regard to which way this Torah was told. How this Torah was told with regard to what subject. But it's impossible to describe this in writing. Everything that happened during this time, during this uh, period when Rabbeinu was giving this over. Nonetheless, I will copy that which is possible, that which is possible to describe. This is Torah, lesson 78 of volume 2 of Likot Moran, was given on Shabbat Nachamu. The Shabbat, um, um, after Tisha Be'av, Be'uman, it was given in Uman, Rabbeinu was ready in Uman, ready knowing that he was going to pass away soon, Samuch Yistarko, close to his death, and the story goes like this, um, during that time, close enough to the time of the story, Rabbeinu entered new quarters, um, and it was in these quarters that he would pass away. When Rabbeinu entered Uman for the first time, it was Hei Iyach, the fifth of Iyach. Of course, this has to do with uh, the day the, this, the state of Israel was declared. There's lots of significance with regard to this. Rabbeinu teaches us about, uh, uh, and it's incredible, Chaya Moran, Rabbeinu describes this idea of saying that a person wants to understand Eretz uh, Israel and stuff like that, has, uh, that my journey to Uman has to do with this. It's incredible that uh, Rabbeinu already saw all this coming. And um, Rabbeinu says over there, or it's told about Rabbeinu, that Rabbi Nathan is describing that Rabbeinu entered new quarters um, before he passed away, within these months. And this place, these new quarters were very good for him. To, to dwell in it, to live in it. Because he, had, he was very spacious, it was a very spacious home, and there was lots of air. There was maybe gardens and stuff like that that gave him a lot of uh, breathable air. Because there was like a little garden or lawn before, uh, right outside the windows. But the place belonged to someone. Then Rabbi Nathan stops there, he says, etc. 
But if you look in Yemei Moranat, uh, Rabbi Nathan describes the owner of the house being a, a known sinner, that he moved to St. Petersburg in Russia, or that he was in St. Petersburg when Rabenu came, and the family that Rabenu stayed there. And there's an entire story about this. Um, Rabenu actually didn't even enter this house first. He entered another house by the name of, the, the house belonged to someone by the name of Nachman Natan, which of course is significant. Rabbi Natan, Rabenu speaks about this in Chaya Moran. And then after he left that house, for another house, and then he, uh, what do you call it? Um, he came to this house. There's an entire story about it. I forget the structure of which house he went to. Uh, but he passed away in this house of this stranger. And close enough to Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat of Consolation, the Shabbat after Tisha Be'av, he entered there. So close enough to this Shabbat, he entered there in proximity to the Shabbat. And on that Shabbat, there were many people that gathered together, new and old alike, that came to Rabbeinu on this Shabbat because there was a massive gathering. And of course, this is not one of those gatherings that was ordered by Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu uh, didn't order people to come on Shabbat Nachamu. But there was, there's an entire story of how Rabbi Natan did it on his own volition and uh, what ended up happening because uh, it was Rabbi Natan's choice to bring everyone. And uh, there's an entire story discussed about this of how Rabbeinu reacted when he saw Rabbi Natan and all these guests, which he had no idea uh, were coming and all these things that ended up happening. Incredible stuff. Uvler Shabbat Kodesh, and on that Friday night, he left his room and he entered the house. That uh, all the people were gathered there, and he was extremely, extremely weak. He barely had any strength to speak. And immediately he did kiddush on the cup of wine. After kiddush, he sat by the table. He did not return to his room. Immediately after the Kiddush, as was his way. This was customary for him. That at the time of the Kibbutz, when people would come, immediately after the Kiddush, he'd go back inside his room. He sat with great weakness over there. He began to converse with everyone at the table, speaking um, a little bit but with tremendous weakness and great fatigue. And Bezrat Hashem, next podcast, we're going to discuss what Rabbanu tells them. Something so amazing to describe the greatness of the tzaddik. We are talking about the greatness of the tzaddik we are learning from. Happy are we that we decided to draw close to Rabbanu. It wasn't even our decision. It's a gift that Hashem granted us that we should not question, we should accept, <laughs> run away and accept Baruch Hashem. And that we should do the most that we can to spread the light of this tzaddik because we're going to see, as we've seen so many times before, the advice, the honesty, the sincerity, and the, 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 it's just incredible. There's no, the adjectives aren't even, they don't even suffice to describe the words of the tzaddik of Rabenu and his teachings and how much they can, they, they bring remedies to the soul from the highest to the lowest. How every person can find the redemption within these farin. So, we'll continue with the story next podcast. Of course, um, all the judgments on Israel. That we should experience a geulah. Uh,